Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are listening from. I'm Dylan. And I'm Mickey. This is the Last Minute Podcast with Dylan and Mickey. Today is Thursday, March the 14th, 2019. And for all you mathematicians out there, happy pot day. Dylan, are you with me? I'm here. I've never really understood the whole pie day thing, but you know, I'm going to say happy pie day to everybody because well, it is pie day. I will actually be explaining some of pie day to you in our interesting facts today. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you will, because guess what? I have absolutely no idea about any of it. So I'm not a, uh, I'm not one of those suckers for math. I don't know if you like math or not, but math is just not that I'm bad at it. I'm just, I don't really, I don't know. I was going to tell you, it don't have anything to do with your Hershey's pie that you like. Uh, oh, I think you just called me fat. I think that's what you did. Yeah. I think you're making fun of me. I do like Hershey's pie. And you know what? Speaking of Hershey's, if you ever get a chance to go to Hershey, Pennsylvania and see the Hershey's plant, you need to do it. It is absolutely amazing. And uh, they, it's just, it's so intriguing and, and inspiring how that whole town revolves around Milton Hershey and uh and so on but that's another podcast that we'd have to talk about separately because i could go on and on and on about that but uh it is a really really cool thing and even the street lots are made of hershey kisses so um it's pretty neat so well what all did you get into today work 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 ain't that a song work 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 work. okay I'll, i'll stop dancing it's uh We've been extremely busy at work, so that's yeah. Cool. I rode by there earlier today, and I saw that you all are wrapping a like monstrosity of a truck. Yep, a thing is what is it like a hundred feet long? It overall is a little over eighty feet. Yeah, it's huge. So, and when we say wrapping, they're taking vinyl and putting it on top of the actual material. It came in white. It will leave black with red stripes and silver stripes. Yeah, it's and gonna look good. A lot of work, a lot of work. Yeah. So what did I do today? I've tried to do project zero today, which was get my inbox down to zero. And it did not happen. I still, as of this moment, have 31 emails that I've got to get to before sometime tonight is over with. So I don't know. We'll see what we what we can do i'm trying my best to, it ain't nothing urgent urgent but it's just i like to have my inbox zeroed out by the way could, uh, could you work on my inbox i have 1841 messages in it that would absolutely depress me i would be in an insane asylum somewhere um yeah no i'm i'm good um, i have to you know i have to have mine to work manageable my personal email is not very organized yeah my email is i have every email that anybody has ever sent me so if you've ever sent me an email i have your email and I have it in a folder just for you. So, uh, yeah, I'm very organized in my email. Except for that one I needed. Yeah, except for that one that you needed because, well, you didn't email it to me. And, well, the person that emailed me, I never would talk again to. So why, why should I keep that one email? Besides for the one time that you absolutely needed it. <laughs> <laughs> Way to call me out there, buddy. Appreciate it. It just goes to show. I always keep every email. You never know when you'll need it. Neither one of us would ever need that email again. Except for when you needed it, what was it yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> and it was only like five years old. I mean, why would I need a five-year-old email from exactly. five years ago? Yep. 
So, uh, <laughs> well, a, a, a podcast or two ago, I think it was actually the last podcast, we talked about the rabid raccoon. Mm-hmm. I have an please. update. I have an update on the rabid raccoon. You want to know what about it? Yeah, I just let it uh, I said rest in peace, right? Rabid raccoon. <laughs> Did you get it to get well soon, balloon? No. <laughs> So the update is, is the rabid raccoon is no longer a rabbit. He's actually dead. He, he kind of, you know, the next day I rode by there and he was in the middle of the road, dead, poor guy. So I'm guessing he just had enough and he couldn't take it anymore. So I'm not really sure. I'm not, I don't know what happened with him. I don't know the updates or anything like that, but I just know that he is no longer alive. So that's the update on the rabid raccoon that I talked about. So take it as you will. Dylan, let's talk about some fun facts, buddy. Oh, yeah. In honor of Pi Day, the first three are going to be about Pi. Like Hershey's Pi? No. The the math, the mathematical equation of Pi. But Hershey Pi is better. Mm, yeah, probably. <laughs> Go for it. Fact one is March 14th or 314 is celebrated as Pi Day because of the first... 3.14 are the first digits of pi. Many math nerds around the world love celebrating this infinitely long, never-ending number. Yeah, it does nothing for me. I would rather have a Hershey pie. But although pi day is celebrated on March 14th, 3.14 today, the exact time for celebration is at 1.59 p.m. so the, that the exact number, 3.14159, can be reached. Oh my, that's so geeky. Exactly. <laughs> oh, but since you said that, fun fact number three, if you aren't a math geek, you would be surprised to know that we can't find the true value of pi. This is because of an irrational, it is an irrational number, but this makes it an interesting number as mathematicians can express it, the sequences and algorithms. Yeah, this does nothing for me. These facts. I don't like these facts, dude. I just don't like these facts. That's the reason fun fact number four is an interesting one. I hope so, because these other three just are not for me, man. So you know how every state has an official bird? I do. The official bird of Redondo Beach, California is the Goodyear blimp. That's not a bird. Well, in 1983, the coastal city adopted a resolution to make a legendary aircraft the official city bird even presenting a plaque to a team from Goodyear airship operations to commemorate it. So, okay. I'm guessing that's a California thing. I don't know. Must be. It's not a bird though. It's a blimp. I didn't even know that the Goodyear blimp was around in 1983. I was a year old. I was a year old when the Goodyear blimp right there. It depends on, uh, when this was, I could have either not been born or I could have been just a month or two or a week or day or so old. I was born. You could have been non-existent, Dylan. You could have been non-existent. How does that make you feel? You just talked about something that's in your history. <laughs> well, if it was from January till the 12th of June, yeah, I didn't exist. Well, I guess technically I did, but yeah, I just wasn't on earth yet. Well, what's number five? I can't wait to see what number five is. Go ahead and give it to me. If it's another pie one, don't even give it to me. No, it's not pie. This one's funny, though. There's an underwater post office box in the Pacific Ocean. What? 
Yeah, according to the Guinness World Record, the Japanese fishing town of Susumi Houses, I don't know if I butchered that city, the world's deepest underwater post box, situated 10 meters underwater. The box gets anywhere from 1,000 to 1,500 pieces of mail every year through depositing mail in the box that requires a diving suit, water-resistant postcards, and special oil-based paint markers. So who thought it was an ideal to put a post office box 10 meters underwater? How's SpongeBob going to get his mail? Well, I don't think SpongeBob lives in a little Japanese fishing town called Sushimi or Sushimi or however you say the name of it. Well, but he might get mail from someone there. Yeah, I don't think SpongeBob actually exists, buddy. It's like Santa Claus and a pineapple under the sea. Uh, you've watched too much TV, buddy. Too much TV. What do you mean Santa Claus ain't real? I didn't say that. You just said that. You no, just you, ruined the kid. No. no, you just ruined it. Really, on this podcast, you said that. You said SpongeBob does not exist. It's like Santa Claus. But you were the one that put the words in your mouth. I didn't say it. <laughs> Technically, you did. <laughs> Listeners, do you think Mickey just admitted that Santa Claus does not exist? I did not do such a thing for all you young little listeners. <laughs> On that note, let's go ahead and get on over to Victory Harbin with TechNav and the social brand out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Hey, Victory, how are you today? I am great. How are you? I am fan-flipping-tastic. So, guys and gals, we're going to be talking to, talking to uh, Victory Harbin today from the great state of Tennessee. She is out of the Knoxville area. And she owns two very successful businesses, which are TechNav Media and, or uh, is it TechNav Computer Repair? Yeah, TechNav and the social brand. Yeah. So she owns these two awesome services in the Knoxville area, and we're going to get to know a lot about her. So, Victory, tell us a little about yourself and what you do and how you started and so on. So, um, as Mickey said, I own two businesses kind of started my journey as an entrepreneur by starting a computer repair business with my husband um, in 2017. So a couple of years ago, we got started and, um, you know, pretty quickly, we discovered a passion for being entrepreneurs and, you know, kind of working for ourselves and getting out of the corporate world. Um, and about a year into that, I realized that I could use my background in, you know, marketing and, and business to um, do what I what I loved and what I was passionate about. And at that time, I started the social brand. Um, so today, I run the two um, businesses kind of simultaneously, and it's always a balance, but um, keeps me very busy. That is awesome. Now, how many people do you have working for you? So total, I have six employees right now. Is that between both companies? Yes. So um, I have, let's see, I have one, I have three full-timers and three part-timers between the two businesses. That's great. And I, I believe, I think one of those is, uh, one, you, you specialize in photography as well with one of your companies, correct? Yes. So the social brand um, within the social media management um, world, we have a um, photographer who works for us full time and um, she works as a content creator. So she wears many hats as everybody does in a small business. 
um, but she does have a degree in photography and so she is our professional photographer and videographer and uh, helps us create lots of content for our clients. And I know one of the things that I know about you personally uh, from the times that we've met and talked and discussed things, um, you are all about creating unique content. You don't just go and post a picture in with a quote on it or anything. You actually cater this to the client's needs. Um, why did you start doing that? Did you just realize that that's what clients needed or did you have statistics to back it up? What, what made you want to do that? I think the thing that really got me was when I started um, as an entrepreneur, I, I immersed myself in the Knoxville small business community. And I started just trying to meet people and network and, and get to know as many small business owners and entrepreneurs as I possibly could. Um, and, you know, the way that millennials do that is I'm going to look you up on social. And so I started looking people up on social and I realized, you know, I follow you on Facebook and LinkedIn and, and Instagram and I follow your company and I don't know anything about you. So um, because it was a lot of generic content with a lot of sharing content from other people, which I think is important, um, you know, at a certain time and in a certain place. but. Um, I wasn't getting to know their personalities. I wasn't getting to know what they were passionate about. I wasn't seeing the amazing things that these companies were doing in the Knoxville community online. I was seeing, uh, you know, happy St. Patrick's Day or you know, here's, a, here's a generic uh, article that I pulled from New York Times that has nothing to do with this local community. Uh, I, would, yeah. I, would, I would say the engagement on that would be pretty low compared to something that's unique and in quality. Yeah, sure. Uh, absolutely. The engagement is lower. Um, but I think the thing that was missing the most was when you, when you interacted with these small business people in person was they did have these amazing personalities and these awesome stories and they were doing amazing things in the community and they weren't, um, allowing those efforts to help grow their business. So when I saw that and applied those things that I learned to my own business, you know, Facebook became my number one source of new clients. And Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, all of these social platforms were making me thousands of dollars every month. And I was like, you know, this is not because we're doing anything special. It's just because we're being ourselves. Yeah. So I just tried to um, apply that in my uh, business with social media. That is great. Um, what is one of the things in business that you absolutely, without a doubt, hate? I hate bookkeeping. <laughs> She's I hate like, it. I want to make the money, but I don't want to worry about how it comes in. Just bring it on. <laughs> I just, you know, when I first started business, I was so cheap, which was like the best thing ever. I did not spend money I did not have, um, but I wish that one of the first things I chose to spend money on was a bookkeeper because I tried to do it myself. I didn't know how to do it. I screwed it up, and I would say probably just now, two years in, are we getting to the point where, like, the books are how they're supposed to be? 
So, you know. well, uh, you 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 made the mistake, you learned from it, and now you fixed it. Yeah, and I've paid a lot of money to fix it. So, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money. So, uh, Dylan, uh, what do you got? You got anything you would like to ask her? Well, I think that carries nicely over into the question of, oh. Uh, how do you handle failure? Do you like to learn from it or you just try to avoid it at all costs? Um, I mean, I think it's really easy to say that there's no such thing as failure in business. And that's, that is something that I've had a lot of um, mentors in my life tell me, you know, when something seems like a failure, it's an opportunity. I don't agree with that. I do think there is such a thing as failure in business. Um, but I think that the truest failure is um, allowing failure to change how you how you carry yourself. If you stop treating the people who are supporting your business with dignity and respect or you start taking advantage of your customers or you lose that that honest trait about yourself, I mean, I guess that would be my biggest, like, definition of a failure. So, um, I mean, I've lost many, plenty of months, and I'm sure in the future I'll have a month where I run a report and go, oh, there's a negative in front of that number. Uh, but, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like negatives. Do you like negatives? I like to think positive. Yeah, me too. I like that number <laughs> to be black. But, but sometimes it's not. But I think that, you know, I'm lucky enough to be two years in my journey as a small business owner and have a staff that is, like, so passionate about what we do. And so I feel like as long as I'm providing them an environment that, um, you know, we all get to be creative and we all get to help our community be a better place, then, you know, I, I don't view what we're doing as failure. I think I agree with what you said. So now you all, uh, you all just opened up a new office, didn't you? In, in the Knoxville yeah. area? Yeah. So I grew my business to be a four person shop in my guest bedroom. And, um, you know, eventually your home needs to be your home. And so we pushed that limit as far as we could before I finally said, okay, I'm going to pay for a location. So uh, February 1st of this year was our grand opening. Um, we've already been able to, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of surreal when you go from um, running a business out of your home to, oh, people can come see us now. Come on over. When <laughs> people walk in the door, I'm still kind of like, I'm sorry, why are you here? Oh, this is a business. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> I I had that happen uh, a lot in the in the past, so I totally I totally get that. <laughs> hey, Victory, what advice would you give your eighteen year old self, and why? Um, advice I would give to my eighteen year old self. You know, when we're young, we think we know everything. Our parents are stupid. We don't like rules. We're just rebels. We hate school, and then we grow up, and we're like, oh, maybe I should have listened. Maybe I uh, maybe maybe school wasn't so bad, you know. So, do you have anything that you would give yourself advice on when you were eighteen? So, I started out as an art major. 
and I was an art major for three years. And then um, I changed my major to a practical degree, which I don't use. I use my art major every day. So I think if I could give myself advice, I would just challenge myself to dream big because I um, allowed the people in my life to tell me that I needed to have a practical dream. And I uh, eventually broke out of that and now I get to do really fun stuff and be creative every day. But I wasted a lot of years in there trying to fit myself into a box of being a practical a practical person with a practical plan. Well, that sounds, um, that sounds like some good advice right there. So be practical and, and just dream big, right? No, don't be practical. Be creative. Look <laughs> outside the box. I just want to see if you're paying attention. Break the box, man. I'm trying to keep it fun. I'm trying to make everybody laugh. And Dylan's over here. He's just, he's got his phone. He's got his microphone on mute. So he's not laughing. He's laughing, but he can't hear it. Where if, is Dylan? Was, I'm here. If everybody was practical, we'd all still be using pagers and landlines. So true story. I literally just got rid of my fax machine and I haven't used that thing in like years upon years upon years. And I was like, why do I even have this? Nobody even uses fax machines anymore. And I'd be darned if I didn't get rid of it. And the first person like a few weeks after said, Hey, I need to fax you. So I'm like, no, just email it to me. So it just, it blows my mind that people are still using the outdated technology. Well, true story. I am doing this interview on a landline, so. Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love my landline. Uh, America Online doll up. Well, I wish I had, like, hey, I wish we, we had a soundboard landline. right now. We got voice over IP landlines, Mickey. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Well, I guess this is a voice, of, I guess this is a, an IP, like an online phone. Yeah, but it's yeah. like a phone with a curly cord. Do you remember <laughs> the good old days when America Online dialed up and you had that noise? I don't even know how you make that noise, but it's such a nostalgic sound. Yeah, it was just it was it was so awesome. Um, and, and believe it or not, I actually met my wife off America Online. So um, the whole you don't know me. Do what now? Instant messenger. Yep, I met her off of uh, the Tri Cities chat room on America Online. And we have been together for 18 years now. So Mickey was online dating before online dating was cool. I was, man. <laughs> I remember when I was growing up, I had my dad just running me around meeting girls. It was kind of funny because he just dropped me off and said, I'll see you later. And I was like, all right, Pat. Uh, my screen name at the time, I think, was Jeep Guy Cruising. I don't really know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dylan, it's all on you, buddy. So with your uh, uh, social brand, Victory, uh, do you most of your customers come to you or do you have to go out and uh, look for those customers and how, how do you go about convincing customers that uh, they need to be advertising through social media rather than the old-fashioned ways that don't really work anymore? So I think um, all of my customers have come to me by word of mouth. Um, I do have a presence online. Um, you know, but I think that's um, mainly just for when people have discovered us that they can, um, you know, engage with us um, before making that initial connection. So maybe they've heard about us from Joe Blow down the street and um, they, they don't.
personally, they may follow me on social for a few weeks before picking up that phone and, and giving me a call. Um, but word of mouth um, in this business, even if that means, hey, I saw my friend Kathy share your um, your page and, and tell me via a Facebook post, um, you know, how great of a job you did for her in growing her business. Uh, you know, that's still word of mouth. It's, it's socially um, done, but it's still word of mouth. So um, I get all of my clients that way. Um, what was the second part of the question? How do I convince them? <clears throat> yeah, how do you convince them to social media is kind of where it's at now rather than going in here and paying tons of money for TV commercials or radio ads that people don't really listen to or pay that attention to really anymore because they're so used to hearing it and seeing it. Right. So I think the most important thing to realize is that social media is one part of marketing and marketing um, and a marketing plan for a business should always be multifaceted. So um, I don't tell people to cancel their other forms of marketing. I think all of those things should and can and do work together to build fancy brand awareness and an effective marketing um, push. So um, especially if you, like if I work with a client who's saying, hey, I'm, I'm really successful on, on this platform or um, in this area, but I just want to see more results, then, you know, should I quit doing this? Absolutely not. If that's working and you're seeing consistent results, then continue doing that and let's, let's run a campaign uh, to reach a different demographic or to reach more of the same demographic that you're being successful with. Um, and I think that the the market is doing the convincing for me. I think that um, people are seeing other business owners have, res have results on social. I think that they're being told by friends and family, hey, you should be on social media, you should be on Facebook. And I think they're seeing it in their own buying habits because a lot of them are checking me out on Facebook before they even call me. And a lot of times it's something that they've seen on my social that convinces them to call me. So um, I think that it, I, I guess I don't really have to convince people. Social media is kind of an industry standard when it comes to having a business in the 21st century. Yeah, I think people like you're talking, just they know social is the the future. It's now and the future, so they know they need to be there, and that, that makes sense to use their other forms, platforms for advertising to even lead to their social mm -hmm. platforms for more information to where they have time to sit down and really look into whatever they're doing. Yeah, and I think it's also – and important to mention too that a lot of times people come to me because they thought they could do it themselves. Um, you know, I've been doing social media myself and I go and I do their audit and it's like, wow, they, they've posted three times in the last six months. Um, and that's very normal for a client who onboards with me because you're very busy. You're running a successful business. Like it shouldn't be your job to sit here and think of content to post you know, five times a week. 
I totally so. agree. I, I agree with that. You know, I had a client yesterday, I believe, that said, hey, how much do you charge to do social media? And I was like, well, I don't really do social media because it's just not part of the arena that I want to be in. Um, it takes a lot of time, like you're saying, and, and you got to have creative, unique content. And that's why there's people out there that's amazing, just like you, uh, to do that and to offer that. And I don't want to be everything to everyone, and, and that's totally uh, just the way I run my business and so on. Um, with that being said, when times get tough, how do you overcome those challenges uh, that, that are presented to you and what keeps you going for, with them? Um, you know, I think even just here in the last couple of weeks, my staff and I have been facing probably one of the hardest times that we face together. Um, you know, we just had some challenges um, with staffing and we're in this huge place of new transition and new space, new staff. Uh, we've had a lot of sickness. And the biggest gift that I have had is my staff um, and our ability to brainstorm together um, and realizing that I don't have to be good at everything that my business provides. I have to be good at empowering my staff to be good at it. Um, and so just because we do computer repair doesn't mean that I have to know every single aspect of that. I have to be good at allowing my staff to have the resources they need um, and to have the time and um, you know even the mental energy to be excited about doing what they're doing. So um, it's, it's always fun. Our favorite, my favorite time of every week is our staff meeting because we just literally use it as a brainstorming session every single week. We're like, hey, look, this is what we're facing this week. What do you guys think? And um, I have had some of the most profitable ideas come from these people who just live and breathe growing my business. Um, so that is probably my biggest thing. I've, I try to treat my staff like family and they treat me like family. Um, I'm, a firm I, I guess I'm a firm believer in that. I mean, if you treat your employees like you want to be treated and you, and you make sure they're happy, you know what? Happy employers, uh, employees mean you're going to have happy customers and you're going to have a happy business. So yeah. there's just, I mean, and there's so many businesses out here that don't have that perspective and just, you know, your business, for instance, my business, um, we're small potatoes to some of these big corporate franchises and so on. And, and they just don't get it sometimes. It, it, it irritates the crap out of me and I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm so lucky to have staff that care so much, but yeah, I mean, I do treat them like family, you know? Yeah. I'm going to ask you a silly question now. Are you ready for a silly question? All right, let's, let's have it. You, you, are you sure you can handle this? I mean, I make no promises. I'll do my best. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? How weird am I? You already know how weird I am. Everybody knows how weird I am. So I'd probably, I'd probably be like a 12. On a scale of one to ten, I would say I'm probably a seven. That's pretty good. So what's the weirdest thing you've done? The weirdest thing I've ever done? Yeah, either for your business or personally, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think a lot of people in my life thought I was pretty weird when I quit my job 
to start a business in my guest bedroom. Well, that's pretty you know, awesome, that was, though. I mean, that's inspiring. That's that's motivating. That's saying, "Hey, I took I took the risk. I jumped and I took a leap of faith, and now look where I'm at. I have two businesses that I absolutely love. I love working with, and, and I love working with people. And then, not only that, it helps you because look at all the people that you're empowering around you. Look at all the families yeah. that you're helping feed because you've got all your employees that you're not only responsible for yourself anymore. You're responsible for all these employees. So yeah. I mean, that is yeah, that awesome. Was pretty weird. That was pretty weird. At 23, I quit my job and, uh, and started a business in my um, guest room. I'm trying to think. I mean, I've traveled a lot, and a lot of those, a lot of that traveling was pretty just, like, off the cuff. Um, I don't know that I've done many crazy, weird things. I just, I think my weirdness is just, like, in my personality and how I interact with people on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that's, I'm not, cool. that's I'm Dylan's work. The bear costume in the mall. That's not my vibe. No, no, that's, <laughs> that's not the weirdest thing Mickey's done. The weirdest thing he's done is fell asleep on his toilet and fell off and busted his head. <laughs> and then posted it about it on Facebook. I have no shame. What can I say? <laughs> I read that out loud to my father. Did he laugh? I said, listen to what this guy said. And he said, oh, my Lord. <laughs> Did he laugh? Did he say, what's wrong with this guy? Oh my lord. <laughs> hey, but you know what? That one story has been told over and over and over numerous times because guess what? It's so funny and everybody laughs at it and it brings a smile to people's faces and that is what I'm about. I'm a bring I'm I'm about bringing smile to people's faces. And if it's at my own expense, by golly, let's do it. I don't I, I don't mind it a bit. Even if it causes a concussion. <laughs> yeah, I had a concussion. It, it hurt. Did you go to the hospital? I know, I know, I'm, I'm too, I'm too uh, cheap to do that. But I can tell you, I felt like crap for like three, four days. I still feel like, I still feel bad. I probably need to go to the doctor. Um, but I can tell you that it's really sensitive since you've got a video feed of me right now. And you can see me right here. If you look, was a huge red dot. Okay, Dylan calls us. I don't even. What did you call it the other day, Dylan? You called it something. You asked me if you look like a unicorn, and I said, no, you look like a rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it hurts, let me tell you. My fedora covers it perfectly, though, so nobody ever knows it there. Uh, Dylan, you got any more questions you want to ask? Uh, uh, yeah, tell us what uh, more about how we can help your business. Kind of a free plug here for you. Um, well... Uh, I guess probably the best thing is just to follow me on social. Um, the social brand, our uh, handle is the social brand TN, like Tennessee. Our uh, website as well, the social brand TN.com. Uh, and just check us out, you know? That's greatness. Greatness right there. So, I would suggest that each and every one of you, if you do not follow her already, you need to go do that. She is pretty awesome. She's an amazing, uh, amazing person. She does a lot of good. And uh, Victory, we're going to end this on this one last thing. Since this is the last minute podcast, do you have any last minute thoughts that you'd like to share that we haven't already talked about? If you are a business owner, hire a bookkeeper. <laughs> Trust me. So it was, that big of a, it was that big of a nightmare. That's going to be your last minute thought. <laughs> <laughs> if this is for small business owners, they need to know that is not the area to be cheap in. 
you know, it amazes me at how many people think that small business owners have it made, uh, that we have no problems at all. And we're just floating in cash because we own a business. And, and that is not the truth by any means. Um, it takes a dedicated, motivated individual to do what we do. And I mean, you have tons of hills and tons of valleys and you'll go up them and you'll go down them. But in the end, it is worth it because we do enjoy what we don't, what we do. And, and, uh, at least I know I do. Um, there's times that I want to quit, but I don't. And, uh, I'm sure there's times that everybody wants to quit at what they do. But anyways, it is a fun and it's always something changes. I mean, there's always something changes when you own your own business. Yep, and you wear many, many hats. So, um, you know, you're the janitor and the face of the company and the HR director and everything in between. <laughs> uh, since you said that, I got to ask one last thing. You have grew this to where you have six employees. When you had to hire that first employee, was that not the most terrifying thing that you ever done? So I'm pretty lucky because my first employee was my sister, my kid sister, oh. and uh, she worked part-time for us. So that step was not scary. My first full-time employee, I freaked out. I would lay in bed at night and think, oh, his child is not going to have dinner next week because I can't make payroll. <laughs> uh, you know, and then I made payroll. And then two weeks later, I made it again. And two weeks later, I made it again. And then it was time to hire another one. So, uh, yeah, it was terrifying. And I was like, how am I 25 and somebody's boss? That's bizarre to me. And I, you know, it's just, it, you have to be so humble because you have to be okay with the people who work for you being better than you at so many things. So no truer words have ever been spoken than what you just said. I totally agree with that. Well, victory, it has been amazing talking with you tonight and I do appreciate your time and thank you for coming on, uh, on the last minute podcast with me and Dylan. And, uh, if we can ever be of any assistance to you, just reach out, you know, how to get all of me and, and we'll do the same with you but I really do appreciate you coming online and, and sharing your story with us. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for having me. How fun has this been? I've enjoyed it. Thank you a lot. Thanks. All righty guys. That was, I better say guys and gals. That was victory. And uh, she's pretty amazing. And uh, yeah. So that was victory. Go check her out. Well, there you go. That was Victory Harbin with TechNav and the social brand out of Knoxville, Tennessee. And as you can tell, she knows what she's talking about. She's got two very successful businesses located in the middle of Tennessee. I guess it's Knoxville Middle. I, I don't think it's Middle. It's more uh, still East Tennessee. She's got a lot going on down there, though. She got a lot going on. She got a lot going on. She's a she's an awesome uh, person. And uh, if you don't know her, get to know her. She's she's a really good good lady. And um, I'm glad she was able to come on board and talk with us here at the last minute podcast. So Dylan, what else you want to talk about today, buddy? Hmm. I don't know. I've been so busy today. I haven't had time to think about it. You know, I was telling Tracy that earlier. I was like, you know, we've been so busy here lately at the office as well. And, uh, and I don't even know. I mean, it's just like the days are running. It's like the days are running together and the older I get, the faster the days go. Um, I guess that's just life. Um, I'm not sure. 
Yeah, I usually try to like make notes on my notes app on my phone of, you know, stuff we can talk about or as I find interesting, but I haven't had time to take my phone out of my pocket today. Yeah, it's been a definitely a busy day for me as well. And, uh, you know, I was riding with Tracy earlier to go get some food for lunch or for dinner rather. And uh, I just, I got this sudden urge and I think I texted you about it. I was like, Dylan, what do you think if I wrap my car? You think it'd look good? So, you know, and this is totally nothing to do with today, but, you know, I'm thinking about wrapping my car and, and promoting Webco more and, and seeing how that does. So if anybody out there has a wrapped vehicle and you want to give us some feedback or give me some feedback, does it work for you? What it, well, I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to work for you because, well, it's, it's constant advertising for your business because you're always going to be seen. Um, so that's not really a problem, I guess, per se. But do you have any cons? Do, are there any negatives about having that wrapped vehicle? If so, send us a message. I'd love to know. Um, or give us a call. Uh, you can give us a call directly at 423-788-4305. You can leave us a voicemail. Or you can reach out to us directly and uh, send us an email at questions at the uh, questions at lastminutepodcast.com. And you know what, Dylan? I just realized nobody claimed our gift card the other day. They didn't. So you think we should do that again? Uh, sure. All right. So if anybody will call that number, 423-788-4305, leave your name and your contact information. You, if you're the first one, will win a $10 gift card or a gift certificate to Luke's Pizza in Jump City. And they have some of the best pizza around. I love it. It's really good pizza. They got some good wings too. And yeah. so, but yeah, we would, uh, we would like our audience uh, to get involved and participate with us. If you have any questions or anything, any thoughts, any, anything you want to talk about, anything you want to suggest that we talk about, we'd love to know that and just send us uh Send us an email over to Last Minute Podcast. Uh, you can get us on Facebook at lastminutefacebook.com slash lastminutepodcast. Uh, you can email us questions at lastminutepodcast.com. Or, like I said, you can call us at 423-788-4305. And the only reason I was able to pronounce that number so many times is because I finally took Dylan's advice and I wrote it down. Yep. And uh, you can now find us on Twitter, too. Ooh, at, we had a Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we unfortunately couldn't get at last minute podcast. Someone already had it, but I don't think they really utilize it. But uh, we're at minute underscore podcast, and you'll obviously see our last minute podcast as the header image. So there you have it. Well, we would like to say thank you so much for coming on board and listening to us today. We hope you've had a great day, and uh, we hope you have a better evening. And if we can do anything for you, please let us know. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Thank you. We'll see you.